Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, SaveWithConrad.com. What is going on, DDP Snake Pit fans? It's another edition of DDP Snake Pit right here on podcast seat i'm john alba joined as i am every single week by the bonafide hall of famers themselves first mr jake the snake roberts jake what's going on my friend oh just trying to wake up man i had a chilly sleep last night oh i'm sorry dallas you gotta try that someday kid <laughs> dude i got yeah. the chilly now i oh, got the got it you got it on I, the bed i got it on the bed i got oh, it on the bed man, it, it, it was my it was my wife uh Paige, who literally put it over yeah. the most yeah you know really so it's, well, i'm right there with her yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I love, love getting in that bed when it's ice cold man yeah. who does it reminds it, me of one of my ex-wives no, <laughs> I knew there was a punchline to that. And of course, <laughs> That's what I'm in love with. <laughs> of course, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, man, I uh, got to put over the chilly sleep too. They're paying us to say that, but it really works, you know. And, and that's a beautiful thing because I told you, know, and I told Conrad going in that I'm not going to talk about anything that I don't like, like personally yeah, like, I can't and do, do that. Yeah, I can't do it. So hmm. that's why the sponsors that we have here, like Chili Sleep, you know, they work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to talk about something. I don't care if it's a burrito. I'm going to tell everybody about it, <laughs> you know. And that's uh, not going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's, you know me, Jake, for 30 oh, yeah. plus years. You know, I only talk about stuff that I really use, I really believe in. If and he likes it, you can't true. shut him up about it. <laughs> but if you don't like it, you can't shut him up about it. Well, yeah, I'm, don't, yeah. I'll bash it. Don't worry. Well, I only bash it to you. I don't bash it publicly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know we'll certainly but, uh, talk about that later. Uh, but we are talking about someone today who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. And that, of course, is Kevin Nash himself. Big Daddy Cool. One of the coolest guys that's ever stepped foot in a professional wrestling ring. And a guy that both of you know very, very well. Oh, man. He's been all over the place. Just launched the Click This podcast. It's off to a wild success rate so far. Kevin Nash, guys, the first thing that comes to mind when I say his name, what is it? Dallas, let's start with you. Brother, like there is, besides Jake, Steve Austin, 
you know, I don't think there's anybody closer to me than Kevin Nash, you know, and, uh, you know, it goes way back from, you know, we're both bar business dudes, you know, and, you know, we, we, we just, we, we click, we both, we're ballers, we're basketball players, you know, uh, we just clicked and we were bottom guys, <laughs> you know, trying to get a break. So uh, we've been through everything together, you know, whether he was in New York or not, we still talk. Meaning WWE, we still talked the whole time. Jake, what about you? Poetry emotion, man. You know, he uh, he walked like a big man. You know, he had that stride, and uh, it, it just it just spewed confidence. You know, some people might have looked at it and thought something else, but to me, it spewed confidence, man. He knew where he was going and what he wanted to do. But uh, he had his own speed, and he ran at that speed, man, and it was a big man's speed, even though he could go faster. Yeah, because because he because he was oh, like yeah. he was six four. It wasn't like he was six ten. No, and he was what it was anatomically all the way. Like he he did, he didn't look like a a giant, yo. Know, he just he looked like a you know big good looking dude who. Man, women love that cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember we walked into a strip joint, believe it or not, one night. I can't no believe it. No way. And there was, was nobody in it. It was some one of those ones out and away in the middle of nowhere. And we walked in, and the girls got up and just gave him a stand. It wasn't for me. It was for him. They gave him like a standing ovation. I go, dude, you're over here. <laughs> uh, who knows what happened after that? I can't remember. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the guy, uh, you can't fake cool. You no. Know? And, and, and that cat had it, had it all over him. But you got to go back to the beginning, you know, where they gave him, they tried to give him monster wow. pushes. Um, they didn't do it the right way. Like the Master Blaster, I yeah. believe. Was that the first one? The Master Blasters? The Master Blasters. He, he was one half of the Master Blasters. He was steel yes, that, along with iron. I mean, oh, my God, he was jacked back then. I mean, he's got big shoulders to begin with. I just saw him on a picture of uh, on uh, Instagram. We'll pop it up here on the uh, YouTube uh, thing. I mean, he looks unbelievable. He's the only guy in his 60s who looks better than I do in my 60s. And he looks ridiculous. I mean, unbelievably great. But his shoulders, back when he was the Master Blaster, yes, I said that. Uh, bringing the Master Blaster, I mean, it was like cannonballs, you know, on him. And it's, it's you know, it's it just so many gimmicks they put on it. You knew eventually something was going to hit, but not hitting WCW. Because once well, you fall there, you know, they, go, they went to New York, though, and became the biggest star. There's there's so many times that you know, during his Hall of Fame speech, he actually thanked me, which was really cool, you know, to hear for, you know, he said he said something about it. I probably got my beach, my beachfront home, you know, to Dallas because it was times he wanted to quit. He got frustrated like we all do yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. And I'll be like, dude, don't you, don't you dare, don't you think about it, bro. You are going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. You're going to be one. Of, they're, they're not going to keep you down forever. They're, you're going to be that guy. You know, I would say to him all the time, you just can see it, right, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it's, you saw it's it. so hard, you know, with somebody his size, and and he was an athlete. You know, you got to give him that. He was an athlete coming in, man, and he could move. So what's holding me back? 
what was holding him back was the office. Well, they were holding him back because they were coming up with these ideas that just didn't work. You know, just because if you think it might be good, it may not fit the guy. You know, and that's a horrible thing, man, is to be saddled with something that doesn't feel right. Happens so many times to you guys. Because if you go out there and you don't feel right, man, it ain't going to work because the people can smell it. The fans aren't stupid, guys. They know what the hell is right and what isn't. You know, that's like Steve Austin being the ringmaster. You betcha. <laughs> well, that works, you know, for the Hollywood blonde, you know, whatever he was. You know. Well, Hollywood blondes kind of work. It kind of work, but with, uh, the hair I was like going that. quick. <laughs> I know that feeling, but I'm fixing to take care of mine. Keep yeah. Out of it. Well, you can also thank Andre the Giant for that one, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to have that taken care of soon. Okay. That's good to hear. Well, he's yeah. very much like you, Dallas, because he gets into wrestling much later than some people do. Uh, it's around 30 years old. He actually starts yeah. training for it. From your guys' first experiences with him, I know, Dallas, you probably saw it more up close in person, uh, but how quickly did he take to the art of pro wrestling? Say that again. How quickly, how quickly did he take to the art of pro wrestling? Well, he got it. You know, there's certain guys who get it right away. The mechanics. And I was, you know, I was one of those guys who got it, but my mechanics weren't there. You know, that was going to take reps and it was going to take time and uh, figuring out, you know, to me, it's really, it's, it's, being a big man, you know, when I look at the big man, there's been some great big men out there, you know, Taker, Bam Bam, Vader. I mean, just to name a couple, uh, you know, Kamala, you know, I mean, there's some great big men have been out there. It's hard to differentiate. Well, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to do this. There was, you know, Nash knew and it took time. But by the time he went up to New York and worked with Michaels and Scott, I mean, that's where, you know, every night being out there and being at ringside with Michaels and Scott in the ring, you know, like, you're just, he's a sponge. So now he can really be around greatness. And Scott had just hit that spot of greatness, you know, becoming Razor. That took, you know, six years, you know, to get there. It just doesn't happen. Like, you've no. got to have the reps. It's not just because you're putting on a jacket, man, and go out there. That's not the way it works. You got to feel comfortable in your own skin because when you become a character, everything that you do has to go through that character. You know, for me, I had to move like a snake. I had to have the attitude, slide in the ring, slide out, you know, and just do different things that mimic a snake. Same thing for the big guy, man. He had to quit taking bumps that he was used to taking. And that's hard to do too. I know when I went down to Mexico, I was considered a big man down there. They right. told me, don't bump. Right. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do that. You know, because <laughs> I wanted to go out and boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, don't go off your feet. Just swat them out of the air like they're flies. And I admit, once I got started doing that, I caught on real quick. Yeah, it feels good. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> Hell, I could still wrestle in Mexico if I could go down there. But, uh. You know, it just takes a while for a guy to get that because your reactions have to be different. The way you take things, the way things are delivered to you is going to be different, and the way you react to them. He's got to have the answer to that question each time. 
What is it? Boom. He's got to be ready for it. He's got to pop right in. He's got to fall into that slot nice and smooth. But once he did get it, and he got it fairly quick. He did. He did. You know, he really did. Uh, surprised me. But he got it really quick. And I think the whole thing was, was him being out there with Sean and Razor. Sure. Well, before he gets a chance to work with Sean and Razor, he has to go through a couple challenging characters. Let's put it that way. First, he is Oz, which is one of the more infamous gimmicks in the history of wrestling in the 1990s, where you take Kevin Nash, this Hall of Famer, and quite literally dress him up as a wizard. And he's also Vinny Vegas. These are two challenging characters that he has to try to overcome. And eventually by going to WWF, he's able to. But I'd like to hear from you guys. What kind of advice do you have to wrestlers who are maybe saddled with a character that they're not super hot with, they're not super in tune with, but are trying to work through it? What kind of advice can you guys offer? I can tell you, get the hell away from it. If you don't like the character, stop now. Stop now. Because you'll never, ever give it the total 100 out of yourself. You'll never start improvising and thinking along that character lines because you don't like it. You're going to have an automatic stop button in your head that's like, this sucks. I don't like it. And you're never going to put it the time in that it needs to begin to get it over. You know, you don't, you don't put a, you know, you don't put a rotting fish in somebody's pocket and tell somebody to go out and act like it smells good. No, it don't. It sucks. You know, and I know so many guys. Well, we had a guest on here, uh, Raven. Yeah, sure. You know, they wanted him to be Johnny Polo. They wanted him to do this. They wanted, they didn't, you know, that wasn't him. And he wasn't into it. But look what he did once he got his character. Once he got his character, brother, he was off to the bank. And the same thing with Vinny Vegas. It's a great character, but it wasn't him. It was not him. Just as Steve Austin wasn't, you know, you know the bottom, ringmaster. You know, the, the bottom line is he's, when you have, uh, you're saddled with something, and I watched some guys, you know, come in to do stuff, and I'm like, oh, boy. It was like making me the stalker. Like yeah. nothing could have yeah. been worse. And, you know, I it, it was set up to fail from the get-go, yeah. you know. Um, but it is what it is. You know, you have to leave. Like you just can't. Example would be Cody Rhodes. He was that they made him the Stardust character yeah. or whatever it was called. And a phenomenal job he did. Yeah. But, it oh wasn't, but it wasn't him. No. You know what I mean? He played the if you're going to be saddled with a role and you're going to take the paycheck, you better learn the role as good as you can, whether it's you or it's not, because if that's what you got, there's a good chance that's what you're going to be stuck with until you can freaking get past that next thing. Like you get hurt and you come or back you or you leave. And it takes a lot of guts to, to, le- to leave. <laughs> You know, like um, Malachi, you know, uh, Tommy End. I mean, that, that, that guy's a great worker. And it was a blessing to him to leave the WWE and go over because he could do what he wanted to do in AEW. That's the way it was in WCW. You could pretty much do, if, not, if, they, they, if they came up with a gimmick, it's because 
they didn't have anything for you and you weren't coming up with anything yourself because yeah. there, there was more freedom there. And in WWE, and you can, all you got to do is look at NXT. Certain guys get stuck in certain roles, and I'm like, those guys are toast. Like, I don't care how good they become until they leave. Like, let's look at Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. another great big man, you know, 276 pounds. I was talking to him the other day. I mean, he came in as a chosen one with the monster push, and he thought everybody came in like that. He was 21 years old. There's a picture that we have of Jake and him when he's 16 years old. And uh, Jake is giving a, um, um, a seminar yeah. you know, up in Scotland. Yeah. Um, but that guy, you know, he thought that everybody came in like this. So you get a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of air to it. And he'll be the first to tell you. He did not handle it properly because he was so young and he wasn't American. He didn't know. And so then, I guess, whatever, for whatever reason, they started pushing him down the card. And then they pushed him as low as he could go. And then he left and became Drew McIntyre again, Drew Galloway, and came back with a hell of a push all the way through and look like the guy that they thought he would be but it takes time sometimes and that's and that's a deal with kev like i knew because i was with him all the time like i'm it's filming true. it's been when vinny vegas we were together yeah the three of us together a bunch of Broken times down on the side of the road <laughs> on i-10 yeah and i-10 especially 30 years ago there's not a light for miles and when it's dark it's and real dark. It's real dark and cloudy, like no stars, no moon. Ugh. It's really dark. And those guys thought I was screwing around. We had taken a Rick, Rick Rude's car. Rick Rude. 64. Beautiful Impala convertible. And he came in the locker room. And by this time, we're driving with Jake. You know, you know we're getting his bags. We're, 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 we're just hanging out with Yoda, you know, trying to learn as much as we can. And he, Jake was very giving, you know, he loved to talk business and, you know, knew how to, you know, cut you off and okay, now listen, you know, and that's, that, that's where a lot of learning came for me and, you know, some for Kev as yeah. well. And we're on this road and I'm driving the car. Oh my God. And all of a sudden the generator light comes on and the car shuts off. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I go, Talk dude, you, the car, Jake, Jake's like, stop fucking around. He's in the back seat. Nash is in shotgun. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm, not, I'm not fucking around. I just went out. And th- those old cars, you could turn them on while they're driving still. Yeah. Boom, started right up again. Jake goes, stop screwing around. Just you can drive. I go, just get us home. We had a long trip, man. Long trip. And it did it again. And the generator light came on and the car shut off. Now we're on the middle of this black, dark road. Can't see nothing. And like abyss black. You know, the three stooges get out, look under the hood. None of us know anything yeah. about. And who's going to stop and pick up three guys that look like us? <laughs> six, four, six, six, and six, ten. Not happening. <laughs> so we're literally, we got a case of beer. Thank God. I'm freaking under the thing. I'm looking around and I look over at Kev. I go, Kev, where'd Jake go? He goes, he just started walking and he disappeared into the darkness. And where, 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 how far did you walk? I don't know, man. I just walked till I seen a light. 
and it was one of those little things on the side of the, uh, they have little phones. I don't know if they still have them there. Ball box. Yeah, and Jake found that. And next thing you know, I, this is hours later. Yeah. Because we're not leaving. Later. We're not leaving Rick Rude's freaking car no, no. on the side of the road. Uh-uh. You know, that crazy bastard. No way. Uh, so here comes Jake in this. It looked like a Mack truck uh, uh, tow truck. It was huge. And Jake's sitting there and he's pulling up. We can see him. And we're thinking, oh, my God, here comes a tow truck. Of course, Jake's sitting in the damn thing and. He's got a beer in his hand. I'm <laughs> some friends of mine. Good uh, old Southern boys. Sure will help you, Jake. Just take a picture with Jake. Yeah. And, I, mean, I had the whole family out, man. Oh, dude. Wait, wait, they were all, such a blessing. You big fuckers were all in the truck. I had to sit in the back of the, because the, there's no more room. Sure. So I'm sitting, in, I'm laying down in the back of the cars we're driving. <laughs> Anything going to happen. And as we come rolling up, loose and let him go for a while. I mean, it was the Copenhagen dip and coupon clip and draft beer drinking redneck crew had all come out. Yeah, probably forty people at four thirty, yeah. five o'clock in the morning, are all out there to meet Jake the Snake Roberts and his two Jabrones. You know, and Kevin and I would talk about that. You know, the people who would have the picture up oh on the wall God. with Jake and. There we are on the outside. Man, that would be a hell of a thing to have in your house. Well, I would love that. I would love to have that picture. I mean, how do they feel knowing that all three of these guys are in the Hall of Fame? And pretty, pretty crazy. Well, I know how that night could have been a lot easier for you guys, and that would have been if you had Car Shield. Because oh, had- come on now. You're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we did that. We didn't think you'd get it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by CarShield. Makes it easy and affordable to protect your car from expensive repairs and getting trapped in the middle of nowhere at 4.30 in the morning. And that's just for starters. CarShield is the number one. That's the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car is 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles or however many miles Rick Rude's car had on it. And it is so simple to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you get to choose the mechanic and car shields and administrators handle the rest. Yes, it is the big thing, Jake, uh, because you have complete control. You don't have to deal with the paperwork. There's no headaches. Everything is taken care of. And if your car happens to break down, the generator light comes on, you're stuck on the side of the road. Well, Plans through CarShield include coast-to-coast roadside assistance. How helpful would that have been that night for you guys? I don't even know how those guys can do that because that's like the greatest deal ever. It yeah. puts AAA to shame. Yeah. You know, it puts so everybody to shame. If you don't have it, I got it now. You yeah. know, I from uh, both my cars, you know, for me and my wife, in case she's out there by herself. Oh, man. You know, you want that's it. You a want it. Lifesaver, man. Right. And freaking it, it protects you. It, like when it says car shield, it's the proper word because it does protect you from being out there in the middle of nowhere and that monster tow truck bill. Never mind fixing the car. Yeah. So it's that's pretty amazing. If you don't get, to, if you don't have car shield, you're missing it, man. You're yeah, as a it. customer, man, you don't know what these guys are going to charge you, but you're going to you're going to pay it because you need help. You know, I don't well, think my old boys charges anything. The beauty of this is that Car Shield's administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. And if you get your coverage today, you'll lock in your price now, and it will never go up. So as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. And we want to help you out. CarShield protects my wallet. It protects their wallets. 
and they're going to do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. Boy, you guys could have used it that night. I'm sure of that. Oh, man. (laughs) We made it back, bro. We were a little bit worn the next morning. Yeah, we made it back just in time to catch that flight in the morning. That's good. It was a long long day. But it's one of those, it's a great story to go back and think about. Absolutely. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It's about surviving, man. It's about adapting to the moment, you know. You can sit there on your paws and do nothing, or you can get up and try something, you know. And as an athlete, you know, you're given – that's what concerns me about the guys today is a lot of these guys are be given an opportunity, and they're just not ready for it mentally. You know, they, they, want, to, they want to be a wrestler, but they know nothing about how it works. I think the whole thing is about how you, you know, getting in the ring and wrestling. That's not all of it, bro. There's a lot more. You got you to walk like a wrestler. You got to look like a wrestler. You got to be like a wrestler. You got to be 24-7. Same thing with these characters, man. And you're thrown in there, and you're, you're like babing. You know, you're like raw meat, man, being thrown to the dogs, man. Nobody's going to wait for you. You got to step it up and go. And... Which direction do you go? And if you don't know, you're not going to help yourself, man. And, and Kevin Nash, you know, he was very fortunate, very fortunate to be able to go to the WWEF, whatever, and become something other than what he had been labeled. Yeah. His, his run as Diesel changed the course of his career, and he met some of his closest friends there during that time. But when I think of Kevin Nash, I associate him with these game-changing moments in, in the 90s in professional wrestling. And the first of those is the curtain call. And that happens at Madison Square Garden, where it's the last time that we're seeing the click in the WWF. We know that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are headed for greener pastures. And it's at Madison Square Garden. There's a cage match after the match. They all break character. And there's a fan that happens to be recording it. And it's one of the first times in the public forum that there's that breakdown of kayfabe per se. And that one moment lays the groundwork for an entire set of new characters that we're going to see in WCW that changed the business. What do you guys remember about hearing about the curtain call? And in your opinion, how seismic was the effect of it? I'll let you go with that one, bro. Um, it was, you know, God, again, getting the curtain call is a great name for it. Because it was the last, you know, last go round, but also because it took you behind the curtain, but it was out in front of everybody, you know. And you gotta, you gotta even hear the backstory to this. Uh, like the NWO started in my garage with Eric Bischoff talking about Scott and Scott coming in, and and then I brought up Kevin, and Bischoff was like, ah, he's an asshole. 
I'm like, what? He's like, he lied to me. I go, bro, he had to lie to you. Because Bischoff had said to him when Bischoff came in, he wasn't, Bischoff wasn't in charge like he would later be in charge. All he was was executive producer, which is a lot. You know, he was, he, there was someone running wrestling, pay-per-views, and he was running the television. So when Kev, he really liked Kev. And, but it's really hard to take a character, unless you're going to take him and put him out for a year or two. But he didn't need that. He needed to work. Yeah. You know, he needed to keep working. He needed reps. And, and I, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, they were talking about a bodyguard for Shawn Michaels. And I'm pretty sure it was Rick Steiner. It was one of the Steiner boys. You know, that said, man, what about Nash? And so, you know, Bish said to him when he asked for his release, you know, are you, you know, are you thinking about going to New York? He's like, no, I just want to have my release. I want to be done with it. I'm going back to the bar business. And um, he was a, a manager, a day manager. You're always a bouncer when you're 6'10". But he ran the floor uh, for the afternoons at the Cheetah, which is... Uh, uh, you know, Jake's that fa- uh, his father, yeah. ex-father-in-law, you know, owned. And yeah, my wife. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, this is like the spot in Atlanta. So Kev was making great money. In WCW, by this time, I go, Bish, he was losing money. I mean, he's losing money on the road because Watson came in and changed the pay oh, structure. Fuck. So... Screw Bill Watson. Did <laughs> stop, I say it? I'm stop, I'm stop. <laughs> so, so... um you know, he was, he just wanted to get out of there. And he, of course, getting this opportunity to come up and be Sean's bodyguard was huge. But you know, it, it's this, I'm pretty sure it was the Steiners that made that happen. So Bish was pissed because he asked him and he had to lie to him. And so I, once he, I made him understand that, he was like, so he's a good guy. I said, dude, he's one of the best cats I know. And he's really smart in his business, man. You've seen what's happened up in New York with him and how well he's done up there. I go, he said, when's his contract up? I said, I don't know. I said, you want me to call? He's like, yeah. So I picked up the phone and I called him. And it was right around, obviously, around the time Scott was. Now, I know both of those because Scott and I had discussions about this. Neither one of them wanted to leave WWE. They didn't want to go. But Vince wouldn't give him any kind of guaranteed money, wouldn't give him, you know, you know, wouldn't give him the spot. And I think that, you know, looking at from their point of view, I think that it it was one of those things that they're not going to leave. You know what I mean? But Bish could, you know, he could offer what he wanted because he, he had get, opened the checkbook up to be able to grab. And these two guys, to get these two guys, I knew it was going to be big. I didn't know it was going to change the business. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be like that. But I'm the only, besides Kevin Sullivan, and I don't know who else knew, but really nobody knew when Scott was going to show up and when that happened. And then I'm bringing the big man and Kev. I mean, it changed the face of everything, man. And uh, overnight, yeah, it was it was just Scott coming in. I'll never forget watching Enos. Enos was in the um, uh, in the ring. I can't remember who he was with, but here comes Scott walking out, grabs the microphone, and comes to the ring, and they're all just looking at each other. Well, what do we do? Well, <laughs> like, uh, what the you know, what the hell's happening? Uh, it, it really, 
you know, one of the things that we had talked about, because me and he talked a lot about, we, we'd spent a lot of time talking wrestling. Like, with Jake, and, you know, Eric was my next-door neighbor. We knew each other from AWA. We met in a pull-apart fight. I mean, we had history together. And, uh, you know, just, you know, what's her name going to be? Well, why don't you just not tell their name? You know who I am. You know, with Scott coming out with that, now, he just said he was Razor Ramon by saying, hey, yo, you know, or whatever he said, just looking like that guy. You know, everybody knew who he was. And then you bring the other big man in, and the last names work, Hall and Nash. They're cool names, you know? And, uh, yeah, man, coming in there and watching that, like, from a spectator and knowing what was happening at the same time that it was happening, it was it was magical, man. Again, I never thought it was going to be that big. Jake, you're a vet at that time. You've gone through everything in the business to that point in the yeah. mid-90s. The current call happens, the formation of the Outsiders into the NWO. What's your perspective at the time? Because I'm sure there were probably a lot of veterans that weren't really feeling that breaking down of the fourth wall. I remember being at the Garden when that happened. I was there, and um, were you booking then? No, no, I was with 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 Vince. No, but uh, I was there, and uh, it got ugly in the back. There was a lot of shouting. I'll bet you Vince was out of his mind. Nope. No, really? Nope. He just stood there and watched. Wow. Freddie Blassie went fucking maniacal. Wow. Uh, it was totally went into total meltdown. I think they had to get a doctor back there to get him out because mm. he he just it, it crushed his heart, his soul, whatever. Arnold Scullin, same thing. He was just and uh, there were a few of us who were pretty hot. I was one of them. I was hot about it. you know. I didn't think that anybody had the right to go out there and do that. Um, Goes to show you what I know. <laughs> and it's just my own personal feelings. I'll still stand by him today. I don't care what kind of friendship you've got with anybody. It's not your fucking right to go out and do that. And I'll still stand by that. So I just got to leave that one alone. Yeah. Well, what's, a, what's the well, main thing? Different- you know, because I didn't hear about it. You might have heard about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, those guys were so tight. You know, that they, I, I, I get it, you know, but they, I think it just, I don't think it's anything that was planned. You know, I think, you know, it was emotional and they tore it down, you know, in that match. And then it just, I think, I think it's something that I believe it just happened. And poor Triple H would end up feeling that heat for a while to come. A long time. Because yeah, it couldn't put any heat on freaking, uh, on Sean. He was the guy. You know, and so poor Triple H. I mean, that's why I got so much respect for that cat. You know, everything that, you know, they, he did and worked to get to the spot that he would eventually get to, you know, it was pretty amazing. But uh, again, you know, I think it was something that just happens, you know. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to think that if that one fan wasn't recording at that moment in time, who who knows how big or 
insignificant it would have ultimately been. Um, it would have been it would it would have been nothing compared to having that footage, yeah. you know. But again, but today, if they did it, uh, you know, ten thousand people would have, yeah, you know, from all different angles, yeah, you know, different animal. But the one person out yeah. there, whatever he was doing, probably had a camera and just was, you know, had a video thing on the end of it. But that, well, that's uh, some crazy footage to have. There's no doubt that Kevin Nash brought with him a cool factor to WCW, and you can bring the cool into your bedroom as well with chilly sleep. See, science tells us I'm good at this, right? Science tells us that the best way to achieve new tricks. Science tells us that the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering core body temperature. And temperature controlled sleep repairs muscle after a hard day's work and improves cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Lord knows I need that. Well, thankfully. Chili Sleep makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being, like the Uller and Cube sleep systems, which are hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. And they keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you're hot or if you sleep cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. This is a shoot, guys. This is a total shoot. I hosted 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff a few weeks ago, and he told me that he doesn't have air conditioning out in Cody, Wyoming, in his house. He relies on chilly sleep to keep his body cool. How crazy is that? That's how good it is. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome like that. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that you can adjust it with your phone and yeah. set it at certain timers. Get ready. Yeah, because if you if you know when you're getting up, a lot of times you forget to turn stuff off. But that turns it on, turns it off, chills it up, puts it whatever temperature you want it to be. And uh, I've been out to Bish's house in Wyoming. He's got a gorgeous ranch out there. And, uh, yeah, I can see where, you know, it still gets hot. So uh, good to have that because he doesn't have AC. I know that for a fact. (laughs) It is changing the game, Chili Sleep. I I promise you guys this kind of thing will put you at ease and whether you sleep hot or cold you're going to be sweat free and that is most important and we want to help you out here head over to chillysleep.com forward slash ddp snake to learn more and save 30 percent off the purchase of any new cube or ula sleep system this offer is available exclusively for ddp snake pit listeners and only for a limited time that's chili c-h-i-l-i sleep.com slash ddp snake to take advantage of this exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every single day so uh, go get on that chilly sleep flow, my friends, because Kevin Nash was flowing into WCW with the NWO. We have this transformative moment, Bash at the Beach. We all know about it. We've talked about it ad nauseum. And eventually the NWO becomes the absolute hottest thing into professional wrestling. And in 1997, Dallas, they start trying to recruit you. And that culminates at January 13th Nitro at the Superdome in New Orleans, where you lead on Nash and Hall that you've joined the NWO, you hug them, you shake their hands, you put on the shirt, and then in one of the more memorable moments in WCW history, diamond cutter to Hall, and you send Nash stumbling over to the floor. I have to imagine this is one of the most electric moments of your entire career. How did Kevin play a role in making that happen? He got it to happen. Uh, It's funny, I was listening to Kevin Sullivan's uh, podcast, and he was doing one on me. So I just like to listen to see what, and Kevin really did a, did a nice job, uh, you know, just going through the entire journey, you know, that, that we went through. And he, then he said, 
And then Kevin Nash had this idea for Dallas. And it was so funny because it's my idea, but I'm not going to pitch it. And I love it that Kev years later thought it was Nash who did that. Because I went to Kev. I was so... I was at that spot, and I talked to Jake about it a million times, that I'm never going to get this opportunity. I'm never going to get this spot where I can prove myself. And as as an entertainer in our business, you got to have that. You got to have this opportunity, but you also have to have the ideas and the relationships. Yeah, my two relationships with him helping me throughout the years is why we had a resurrection of Jake the Snake because of our relationship. Dusty Rose, uh, Dusty Rose, there is no Diamond Dallas Page. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are very pivotal in my life from meeting Scott in Florida Championship Wrestling when I was down there with Dream, with him calling me up and asking me to pitch him as a diamond stud, me changing his look. His wife's pregnant, you know, with, with Cody at the time. He doesn't have a job. Friggin' Kevin Nash and I tag teaming together. All the things we did together in the beginning, like it was me, Scott, Kev, you know, I could have been Raven, you know, maybe, I don't know who else is in the car, but we could be five, four or five big guys in a car, you know, jammed in and sharing stories and growing together. Like I tell people all the time, it's not about who you know or who knows you. It's about who's willing to say they know you. Who's willing to put their name on the line yeah. for you? That's what it. Re- that's what counts. And I went to Kev. Here, Kev and Scott are. I mean, nobody touched them. Nobody put. No one dropped them. They didn't lose a match. Nothing. They for a year and a half. And then I came up with that idea, and I just said, "Hey, man, you guys asked me if I want to, you know, come in because the diamond cutter's starting to get hot." And I go, no. What have you? What number six? You want me? Number seven? What about number three or four? You know, like no. And in real life, if you wanted to do something with me, <laughs> both of them would go. If I, but I'm not doing it. And walked away. They go, oh, Dally, he'll get over it. I, <laughs> that's the way they would really act. You know. I said, so we do that twice, and the next time we do it, I come in. This is a three week angle. That's what it's supposed to be. It's that way I lay it out. And Kev loved it. He goes, I'm going to take the diamond cutter too. I went, yeah, right. We'll be lucky if Scott gets to take the diamond cutter. He ain't letting me cut you, dude. You know, meaning Bischoff, you know, right? So he goes, go tell Eric. I go, I'm not telling Eric anything, dude. You are. You are. He goes, well, he goes, I'm going to go tell Scott though first. He goes, hey, you don't think Scott wants to help you? You know, you don't think he remembers you know, like he figured, like, I got to ask him. So I went and asked him. He loved it. He goes, go tell Eric. I go, I ain't telling him anything. Go, Let's have the big man tell him tonight in the bar. And that was the really cool thing about Nitro. You could, and being on TBS and TNT, you could literally watch the sh- You could live the show from 8 to 11. <clears throat> and then 11.01 or 11.07, whenever the show ended, it started again. Yeah, We'd be in the bar. <clears throat> and Kev pitched it. And Bish liked it, but he wasn't really ready to, because he wasn't into the whole nepotism thing, because me and him were super tight. Sure. You know, like, could have dropped these two guys? And he's like, oh, you kind of, like, 
he didn't really go with it right away. And Scott was like, hey, everybody knows you two are boys. And being your friend's not a good thing? You know, like, I don't know if that works for me. And I was like, wow. Like, thanks, Scotty. You know? And Bitch's like, yeah, we'll do it. And they brought it to Kev Sullivan, and, and we did it. And then we did the walk away. And then I'm supposed to drop them, and it got postponed. And then it got postponed. And then it got postponed. It got postponed, and, and I it, it was eating at me. Oh, my God. Because I'm feeling they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And I don't really think the booking committee really believed in me still, and they dropped those two guys. I don't know if they really wanted that, because it took forever. The positive side was, though, it took forever. <laughs> you know, it laid this storyline out. It was magical, man. And when it finally happened in New Orleans, and freaking Kev, I'm at the curtain. I'm ready for my music to go out and do my thing with Mark Starr. And, uh, you know, they cut my time, and I was, you know, hot about it. And Kev goes, Dally, what do you tell me all the time? What do I tell you all the time? He goes, breathe. He goes, it's live. You can't stop us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just go out there and have fun, baby. It's your night. And Scott was in his own zone. He'd always be twirling his curl. That's what he would be doing. And just becoming Razor Ramon, you know? And uh, it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it, it's what put me, the rocket on me that allowed, you know, Randy to, you know, to want to work with me. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, Jake, seeing your friend in Dallas have that moment in front of all those fans at the Superdome, how special was that for you? No, it was a great, great moment for me, man. I I couldn't have been – I was like the kid that got the perfect Christmas present, man. I got a bike. I got a pony. I got it all. (laughs) See him get that because he was so worried. I remember those days, man, because I remember him calling me – and he was he was upset at first whenever they didn't pick him to be part of the NWO in the very beginning, because he thought, "Fuck, these are my guys. Why are you know why am I not being pulled in?" Yeah, but they also I also understood. Yeah, yeah I also understood. I, I remember telling you, "Hey, they got to work with somebody." You know. Yeah. You can either be number seven or eight or ten or twelve, or you can be the guy they're all looking to kick the, you know, kick some ass, and that was going to be the money spot. And that was going to be the the blast that he needed to get him and establish him as a top star. Sure, you know, he got the he got the push when he when he dropped. But to establish himself, he needed Savage for that. Yeah, that was that was mind boggling. That's yeah. that's the monster thing there, man. Yeah, yeah. But back to Kev. If it, if Kev didn't pitch it, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. That's, That's crazy. I mean, it was being delayed. They were trying to figure somebody else they could put in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where they kept being delayed. But well, that's where, that's where, that's where the, the, the relationship come in. Because even if that was big pitch, they wouldn't have done it. No. You know, they wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't you know? have done the same thing with anybody else. Yeah, so that, that, that's the relationship part. So anybody who's watching this or listening to this, realize it's not about you just don't call people when you need something. You call them when you want to help something. Help somebody. You know, when I was 22, I heard Zig Ziglar say, you can get whatever you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. That's right. 
And that's, that's the way Jake does his stuff. That's the way I do. It's the way Kevin does. It's the way Scott, I mean, guys help each other, you know? And, uh, you know, God, just watch Resurrection, Jake the Snake, to see each other, helping each other all over again. I know it's a powerful story, you know? I know you love helping people, Diamond Dallas Page. I know you do. And Jake the Snake Roberts, I know you love helping people too. And one of the ways that you guys are helping people is through AG1. AG1, this is, this is a Diamond Dallas Page favorite. What am I talking about? I'm talking about one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. And the beauty of it is it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs. No nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good, and it supports better quality sleep and recovery. Dallas, how'd your AG1s go down today? Well, no, I just, you know, one of the things is I stopped ordering organic juice pretty much mm. because they don't need to, and that, that shit's expensive. Yeah, it's real expensive. You know, but, you know, AG1 is not, and you're getting all the vitamins and minerals in that you need that you would normally get with you. So... Like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, what's the gimmick? Yeah, what's the gimmick? <laughs> you know, like what aren't they doing? Yeah. What are they hiding? You know, and when you go through the list, it's like, man, they're doing everything right. And so if I can give it that seal of approval when it comes to something that's food, you know, <laughs> you know, that's it's how I feel about organ too when it comes to protein stuff. They're, they're it's all organic and healthy. These guys are at that same level. And this company's going to blow up huge. Oh, man. No question in my mind. Tastes good, too. Yeah, it does. Tastes great. Like some stuff you're like, I can't do that shit, man. <laughs> you know? And this doesn't do that to you, you know? No. And and the beauty is it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. Yeah. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance, just like Dallas said. And now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop in a cup of water every day, that is it. No need for a million different pills and a million different supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ddpsnake. That is athleticgreens.com slash ddpsnake to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Rumor has it. Three ninety nine is Jake the Snake Roberts' favorite price to pay on the market. So uh, they're going to hook you up with that. So you realize we- that when you watch our show, not only do we take care of your mind, he takes care of your body. You take care of the car, <laughs> and that leaves me to go take a nap. <laughs> I sleep on my silly sleep. Chilly sleep. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> you got a good gig, Y'all man. Keep it rolling. You got a good gig. Uh, I the, do, man. The I'm last thing. The last thing I want to hit on, on on Kevin's run with you, Dallas, specifically in 1999, you guys have the WCW World Title match at Slamboree in St. Louis, and he he defeats you there. But what's most notable about that is he is the head booker in 1999, and that's when things kind of start to slip a little bit business wise for WCW, and that leads to 
ultimately, two years later, the company folding. Uh, what do you remember the backstage atmosphere being like with Kevin as one of the bookers? And how challenging is that? It's really challenging. At one point, I was on that committee. I was like, I'm done. I'm off. It's too... It's it's too challenging, but Kev's got it. Kev's one of the smartest human beings I know. I mean, and I know a lot of smart people. I'm married to one, you know. I'm partnered with one of the smartest people I know, Steve Yu. I put Kevin Nash up at that level. The guy can do a lot of different things at one time, you know. Uh, it takes like real love of the game. You know, for love of the game, for starters, to be able to do that. He spent a lot of time, and you know, just in the way he booked, I thought he did. You know, I thought he did a great job. You know, we were in trouble at that time for a lot of other reasons. You know, people like to blame shit on him, which is total bullshit. You know, it's like, I mean, it was. <clears throat> it, it we had had our run, and you know, once momentum shifts, when momentum shifts, it's you could feel it. I mean, you could feel that. I'll never forget listening to Bish on TBN. And he said, you know, it's gotten boring lately because every Monday we're crushing the WWF in the ratings. It's got a little boring. I just know we're going to. And that was like, oh, God, that yeah. was like the kid. And it wasn't that moment no. that did it. But it, it was like, no, <laughs> don't don't say that. <laughs> don't jinx it. <laughs> and, well, you know, we just, you know, it was, it was hard, you know, to get to where we were killing them. Like, I thought, you know, at the time, Bischoff would, would say stuff like, we are going to beat their ass. And this is like in 95. And I would be thinking, what are you smoking? But again, he was manifesting this. And the fact that he could bring in some of the top guys and had, you know, a bigger, like, checkbook to be able to bring people in. You know, well, that's, that's how, look at LeBron. LeBron goes where the money and the championships going, you know, it's the same thing. And now you look at today, especially in basketball, guys are forming themselves around who's that next best three guys, mm -hmm. relationships, you know, and who they want to really play with and the money. And uh, I thought Kev, you know, overall did a really good job, but it was, you know, it was a time where we were already starting to drift, you know? Yeah. And, and with that, unfortunately comes this perception of, how a top guy might book themselves versus some other people on the card. And, and eventually WCW folds. You guys have a short run in TNA together. And and that's really about it after that. But I, I'd like to ask you both before we answer a couple fan questions here. What do you believe the lasting legacy of Kevin Nash is in professional wrestling? Jake, let's start with you on that mm. one. Mm. That's a tough one, man. Outsiders, man. That's what hits me. Yeah. I think because they did change the face of wrestling mm -hmm. forever, forever. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But also that I think Kev's, you know, not because he's my buddy. I mean, I look at, you know, Taker was great big man. Bam Bam was great big man. There's, there's been some great big men in the, in, the, you know, our business, but Nash really had it all from the look to the rap, to the work, to the endurance, to the time. You said he's a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time Hall of Famer. And there was a small handful of those guys that got over and then got over again. You know, so I think that uh, 
you know, I think his, his legacy is that he was one of the best big men, if not the best big man of all time. If someone relies on you financially, your spouse, your child, anyone, life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. I completely agree with you on that, and his swagger helped set the tone for a whole brand new form of the way we consume pro wrestling. He's the, the cool heel, right? And that's that right. is that is all the rage in pro wrestling today. People love a cool heel, and that's because of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, quite frankly, as far as I see it. So uh, let's answer a couple questions here. Uh, we got one from Rick Guzman. He wants to know what your guys' favorite matches of his are. I'll let you play that one. I think, um, you know, the stuff that he did with, you know, Razor, you know, and uh, all the stuff that he did, early stuff that he did over WWE was was fun to watch. My buddy, like, ascending to the top. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite matches is me putting him over <laughs> for the world title. But one of my favorite matches, no one's really seen because it was a house show. And I'm with Savage and after our first pay-per-view match. And Randy had semi-torn his Achilles heel. And so he's on crutches like, shoot. <clears throat> he's not going to be off them for a while. <clears throat> so Randy went for every town and Nash was the fill-in guy. So I'm wrestling Kevin uh. in the main event everywhere. And the first place we did it was in Pittsburgh. And <clears throat> when we were the Vegas connection, you know, we, we, <laughs> we used to say that the booker said the Vegas connection will never be nothing, brother. <laughs> and he freaks across from me in the ring and he puts up the gimmick and he says that the Vegas connection will never be nothing. And I threw the diamond cutter over and said, let's go, motherfucker. And we just come up, the place hit it. And we, you know, it was like, it was like, you know, having all the heat that I had with Randy, with Kev, with Kev and Scott. So anyone in the NWO. So I have so many great moments with, the, with him, you know, then and even when we were the Vegas connection. One time I flew in from somewhere and he was there to pick me up. I'm like, bro, what are you doing here? He goes, we're tag team partners. You needed to pick up. Your wife called me. I got you. You know, he was that dependable dude, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that was from Uncle Jay, by the way. This one's from Rick. Uh, do you know why Nash had perceived disdain for smaller wrestlers like Eddie Guerrero or Dean Malenko? That disdain, that's bullshit. That's not, oh, that's the word. That. He didn't. You know, came from a big, uh, big, uh, you know, big guys are over. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. And he what didn't expect him to say. 
You know, he, and he, <laughs> you know, he uh, I don't think there was any disdain at all. He totally yeah. respected those guys those as far guys. as their work. That is, that's that internet behind the sheets, yeah, you know, work. That's not the way Nash felt or, you know. Wrestlers ever. love wrestlers, and they respect what other wrestlers do in the ring, whether they're right or they're wrong. What color they wear, they don't give a shit. But they do know what that guy's doing out there. They, they see him sacrificing his body. They see him bumping his ass off. And thank God he's doing it, because I am damn sure not going to do it. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Well, yeah. this has been a lot of fun talking about Kevin Nash with you guys here, one of the best big men ever. And next week, we're going to take some more fan questions because it's Ask DDP Snake Pit. We'll hear all the fan questions for Dallas and for Jake. Fun. It is going to be fun. we got a bunch that I'm going to be reading off here on DDP Snake Pit. Anything else you guys would like to throw out there this week? You know, I do want to say something uh, that we will even do videos because we have, you know, we've got this YouTube channel that we've got here. If people make videos and we had quality, there's some of the people doing a video with their face like right here. We can't use that. Like selfie arm length. Ask the question. (laughs) Now, if it's a... A bullshit question, we're not going to even put you up there. We're not going to answer it, you know. But if it's a quality question that, you know, that, that's going to create conversation, then absolutely. So if you want to get yourself on, we got to get enough of them to be able to put them on during the show. And this way we'll pop you right up here on the YouTube channel, and you will be live. You'll be a star. On DDP Snake Pit. <laughs> well, Jake's sure, been putting yeah. up with my bullshit questions all day today, so I'm going to let you guys go. Cameo, go check these guys out. Yeah. Always, always love talking with you guys. We'll see you next week right here on DDP Snake Pit. Bang.